Let's get into it then. All right. Awesome sauce. I ask that the gods and goddesses of our respective paths bless this circle so that we may be free and protected within this space. And if you have this one word, pagan or paganism. For the pagan community. Exactly. Right. The, the big umbrella. And that was fucking fantastic. Of the podcast ever. We're three pagans. Exactly. We're three pagans. And a cat. And may the works this day of be of the highest good for all present and those listening. So mote it be. The circle is cast. Hail Dictinus. Grant us clear voices, strong sound, and good reads. Do I contradict myself? Very well then. I contradict myself. I am large. I contain multitudes. Welcome to Update, the 152nd episode of Three Pagans on a Cat. Our opening today is courtesy of Walt Whitman. Thanks to Velocity Rose for our intro music. You can find more of their work at VelocityRose.com. You may call me... Oh. You can call me Car. I'm Oat's father who turned off my phone already. Mary Meats, my name is Gwyn, who is now turning off their phone. <laughs> Alright, so basically this is not going to be a normal episode. This is going to be entirely housekeeping, basically. Pretty much. Um, and then we're going to review a book that we read recently, mm-hmm. and then we're going to call it. For starters, you may have noticed that we weren't recording the last two weeks. Yes. We're going to start recording again, but... First of all, Gwen, you want to talk about uh, that that situation. Right. Two weeks ago, we were informed by the hospice where my mother is currently residing that she was entering, you know, the transition phase of death, which can last up to three weeks, Mm -hmm. but that inevitably she is going to... She's on a decline. She's on a decline and she will be moving toward the veil. And uh, we just felt like between that, plus I've had surgery that week, and just all the stress that Car is going through with work and things like that, we just felt like it was a good time to just take a short break, mm-hmm. uh, kind of regroup. Because the uh, the podcast has a lot of mental load attached to mm-hmm. it. Doesn't always seem like that, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> it, it may not seem like there's a lot of, of work that goes into it, but we do a lot of research in advance of episodes. The episodes themselves take about two or three hours to record all told i cut them down later to an hour to an hour and a half which takes a day which takes up almost an entire day but it's also just you know it's a lot of emotional mental for me personally there's a lot of spoons that go into there's a lot of spoons that go into it you know i've been spending a lot of my spoons going to see my mother Mm -hmm. um, the last two weeks trying to go at least twice a week and that's a 45 minute drive one way so it's a good you know hour and a half, 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 half yeah. to two just hours time. just in commute time to go spend a couple of hours with her mm-hmm. and then it's just it's very difficult to see this happening because she's you know she's declining but it's also it's just fast enough just, but not fast enough yeah yeah and uh, it's just it's just very hard I have been able to spend time with my siblings who, when they've come to be with my mom, we kind of converged at the same mm-hmm. time. But anyway, it's just taken a lot of my energy, a lot of my spoons these last few weeks. And um, we are starting to move toward, I think, the active death stage. Mm-hmm. Those of you who are familiar with hospice, we are seeing some of the signs. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's different for everyone. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to take a quick moment to just give a shout out to Mortellus, who is a, writer another on writer Pavios. on Pavios Pagan and a Llewellyn author. Who wrote a book about pagan funeral rites mm-hmm. and death and dying in the you know as a pagan uh, called Do I Have to Wear Black? Mm-hmm. And it came out a couple of years ago, I think. They gifted it to me mm-hmm. when they learned that my mother was entering hospice, 
And it has been such a blessing to have that book to refer to. So I just want to give a shout out to Mortellus. You can read a little bit more about it on the blog, Pathos Pagan. I've not been doing very much writing, but I did write about my experience with grief mm-hmm. um, and what I'm, the process that I'm going through with my mother. I did talk about Mortellus's book there. So yeah, and about sort of what's been going on the what's last been, two weeks. Yeah, what's been going on these last couple of weeks? Because we knew it was coming. Yeah, but now it's really coming. So that's why I have not really been on Facebook much. I have not been on, you know, I've popped in here or there to places, but I pretty much, my energy is going toward what's going on with my mom. Right. And just waiting for the call. That's what's going on with me. (laughs) Yep. And that was sort of the impetus for us taking a couple of weeks off. Mm -hmm. But it's also given us a chance to sort of reevaluate where we're at with the podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, It was sort of probably important for us after what, two and a half years now to to take a bit of a break and sort of evaluate the situation we're in. And so we've decided to, we're going to continue doing the podcast. We're going to continue doing it weekly, but we're going to change our recording date from Sundays at 7 p.m. to Mondays at 7 p.m. We're doing that because Car and I both work on Sundays. We don't get out of work until 5 p.m. Car's got a new obligation, which is going to mean he stays at work until 11 p.m. on Sundays. So previously what we've been doing is going to work, getting out at 5 p.m., coming home for a brief break, and for me to touch up my notes and send Car the commercials, and then we've been recording for a few hours. And it's just been a lot. Yeah. And we couldn't go back to Saturday because they both work till at least 11, mm-hmm. Car until 2 on yeah. Saturday. Yeah. Um, and so... Really Sunday morning. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Monday is really our only day where we can it's all... It's my only day it's off. Car's it's Car's only day, only day off. off. Yeah. yeah. And car, when do you sleep? Scuba's asked. Good question. Good Never. question. He's, you know, he's putting in a good, you know, what, 70 hours a week? Yeah, roughly. Roughly yeah. right now. Because he's trying to help build a business, you know. So yeah. it, it takes time and energy and effort. But we and also, we're seeing progress there. Yeah. But, right, yeah. But we are also committed to this podcast. Yeah. And we're committed to you guys who are our listeners of the Pride. Because you have supported us these two and a half years yeah. in such an amazing way from the very beginning. And the podcast has really evolved from what it was when it started. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh-huh. You know, some things have changed. Some things have dropped off. And part of that, I think, is probably we forget mm-hmm. <laughs> to do some stuff. But uh, but I think evolution is a good thing. Mm-hmm. You know, we're evolving into something else. But as long as you guys stick with us, we're going to keep doing this. Right. Well, we'll keep recording. Edited episodes are still going to go up on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. We'll just be recording on Monday. Elle asked, will the schedule change be effective immediately as in next Monday? Yes, yes. correct. Yes, yep. Because that's when the change at work is going to be happening, where Car is going to be staying there until 11. Yep. So he would not be able to record on Sundays, period, at all. So we're going to be moving to Mondays for that. I don't think we have any other major changes planned for the podcast right now, no. but we're going to maybe keep our options open for continuing to evaluate what best steps will be for us moving forward. Just we'll let you know if any other further changes are coming. But the only thing that's planned right now is moving the recording date to Mondays. We are going to be doing some teaching, you know, barring any situations. Right. Extenuating with, extenuating, family, family, yeah, family yeah. extenuating. We are going to be teaching at Elements in Kalamazoo. And that will be starting next, next Saturday. Next Saturday. This yeah. upcoming Saturday. This yeah. upcoming Saturday. And we're teaching imposter syndrome. Yes. yes. We're going to be doing imposter syndrome. We have a couple of dates coming up in August as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. We do have two dates in August. Yeah, two One's dates at Elements August. and one is at Wolf Run mm-hmm. for their annual Harvest Festival. We have another date in September at Elements. At Elements. At Elements. Yep. I guess this is as good a time as any to announce it because I haven't yet. We have transcripts starting to go up on the episodes. We're starting with the interviews because I know those are the hardest for people to 
for parse. people for yeah for people to parse when if they have any auditory processing issues. So those are going up gradually. Uh, I'm getting the transcripts sent to me, and I'm making sure that they're accurate, and then I'm uploading them to uh, the website. So if you go to our website, there is a transcript button on all of the episodes that now happen. So we're we're working through the interviews, and we'll go back to the beginning and work on those. Yeah. And those should auto-populate to most podcast platforms as well. Yeah. yeah. That, the ones that give you that, options yeah, for transcripts. Yeah, give you options yeah. for transcripts. Yep. Yep. Exactly. Is that it for as far as housekeeping? I think so. So that means we're house-kept? And house-swept. This episode is going to have another interview appended to it. So mm-hmm. there's going to be a little more content in the edited version. But before that, there was something that at least Gwen and I, I don't know if you really No, I didn't even yeah. know about it until I got told you all were beginning. So... <laughs> You yeah. wouldn't have had time <laughs> to read it anyway. So. Uh-huh. We skimmed it. <laughs> so Gwen and I are going to talk a little bit about Jason Mankey's recent book, The Horned God of the Witches, which mm-hmm. is very good. <laughs> yes, we both liked it. Um, I actually have an audible version of it, mm-hmm. and then Jason also sent us uh, a physical copy. Yes, an autographed copy. Mm-hmm. i got to say, it's really, really well written, but I'm not surprised because Jason has been a devotee of the Horned God, for mm-hmm. like 20 years. And of Pan specifically. And Pan specifically. Although in this book, he's really talking about the Horned God. Well, he talks about various Horned Gods. Yes, that's true. That's true. But uh, but also kind of the Horned God of the Witches as a concept yes. as well. But he includes Pan, a large portion. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> an, a, an, unsurprisingly an unsurprisingly large amount of this book. Yep. If you uh, are familiar, Jason Mankey at all is dedicated to Pan. That's right. Hernunos. Hern, Hern, Ellen of the Ways. Ellen of the Ways. Robin yes, he, does, he talks about the fact that there are goddesses mm-hmm. who are horned goddesses as well. He's There's a bit about Dionysus. Di- that's what I was going to say. Dionysus. There's a bit about there. the devil. Yep. Yeah. Lucifer. Lucifer. Lucifer's in there. Um, so it's just. It's, bit about, it's, a little bit about Baphomet. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and he covers all the bases. He's done 20 years worth of research. Mm-hmm. And it's, it shows. And you can tell it. There's so many footnotes. Oh, Love the, those footnotes. The and footnotes. the bibliography. Love Jason's bibliographies because with every text he cites, he includes a little blurb about his opinions on it. That's right. <laughs> so it's really, it's really very well researched. Got a lot of personal experience and opinion included in this book. Mm-hmm. And it's just really worth the read. Like, I don't know that much about male deities anyway because I really tend to lean toward non-gender or female deities, mostly female mostly deities. Mostly female deities. Uh, that, and that, I admit, that comes from, you know, not getting over some hangouts with Christianity. <laughs> <laughs> but this book really helped me because we do have a, 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 an image of Pernunos on the altar. Mm-hmm. And I have been making offerings and lighting a candle because I felt bad. You know, I'm lighting candles to all these deities, all these goddesses. And I thought, you know what? I'm just going to, because we also have the Dagda. I'm like, I'm just going to light a candle for them and say hail to <laughs> The Dagda and to Kindernos, because it's just rude to not. And then I got this book, and I started learning more about Kernunos mm-hmm. and about the foreign god in general. And I thought, okay, this is this is kind of interesting. I I, I may start expanding my horizons mm-hmm. when it comes to working with deity. And Jason, as usual, does a really good job distinguishing between the archaeological evidence we yes. have. Yes. The history we have and the fictionalized anthropology of yes. the, the archaeology we have. Yes. And then the, the modern personal gnosis. All of these are sort of distinct categories of information, and he acknowledges them all separately mm-hmm. and then sort of weaves them together mm-hmm. uh, into a, a coherent practice. It's, it's very, very good. 
I would say I definitely recommend The Horned God of the Witches. Mm -hmm. It's it's an excellent book. Very solid. I gave it five stars. <laughs> he likes the cover. Uh -huh. <laughs> he likes it as written by Jason. Uh -huh. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> pretty much I've come to find that if it's got Jason Makey's name on it, it's going to be a solid book. Yeah. He yeah, does a lot of part, yeah. he does a solid he does solid research. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Let's put it that way. And the research shows in his writing. Yes, he it does. Without being really sort of dense, difficult academic text. Or preachy. Yeah. <laughs> so Gwen and I disagree on this point. Tiny bit. <laughs> Gwen thinks that Jason was a little bit preachy in this book. Occasionally. I only said occasionally. Which and I wholeheartedly disagree with. And I only but I say that. The, which is weird because normally you're the one who's I know, like, normally, it's very preachy. Normally I'm the one who's super sensitive to that. But I think for me it was like, anytime Jason said like, this is how to do the thing. I understood that. And this may be because of conversations we've had mm -hmm. with Jason. Mm -hmm. I understood that to mean, this is how you do this in my practice. Yeah, This yeah. is how I do it's this in my practice. Here is what I do. Yeah, yeah. Take what you will. I, I think some of it just cause, is because, you know, I know him through Patheos Pagan as well. And, you know, he and I interact through Patheos Pagan. And sometimes I just got to give him shit. <laughs> 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 because I love him. I really do. He's a great guy. He's a wonderful writer. He got us our, our blog from mm -hmm. Patheos Pagan. On Patheos Pagan. So we owe him a lot of thanks for that. But yeah, no, I think this is a solid book. Mm -hmm. And oh, they, it does include some rituals in here as well. It does. And they're good rituals. They're they good are. Rituals. And I say that, that, again, this didn't bother me because I know these are Jason's rituals yes. that Jason does. They're heterocentric. And they're Wiccan. And they're, and they're Wiccan. That's they're very vibe. much just how they're structured because mm -hmm. they're Jason's rituals that Jason does. Right. He's not, he didn't write like a ritual for all peoples. Right. Right. He, right. he gave us the rituals he already does and has done and that are written for yeah. him in his practice. But there are several in there that I'm like, okay, if I'm really interested in getting to know Pernunos better, mm -hmm. let's say. They seem very adaptable. They seem very adaptable. You don't have to do it. I think he even says that you don't have to do it exactly the way he's written it. And he does include suggestions for mm -hmm. like, here's how you could do this a different way or yeah. with different kinds of participants and et cetera, et cetera. So exactly. that's the only thing that like if you're not a heterocentric Wiccan, you're going to have to adapt these rituals on your own recognizance. Exactly. But exactly. And also these are rituals that you can do as a solitary or as a part of a, coven. a, part of a coven or group. But also I think even the ones that are part of a coven or group, they could be adapted to a solitary ritual. Yeah. Know that there's some really good content in here. Okay. I think that's it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. How many stars? I, I give it four and a half. I give it five. I like this book. I like it quite a bit. I have to give it four and a half because I got to get him. You got to give him shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> the nature of your relationship. <laughs> and shit. since we're talking about interesting things, mm -hmm. Matt Oren is currently working on a new book. Yes. Uh, so Matt's first book it's was Psychic Witch, who we, we highly, recommend. highly recommend. We highly recommend. So this is, it will have techniques directly to assist you in reaching the meditative brainwave state that he talks about in Psychic Witch that is directly tailored for folks who have ADD, ADHD, antiphasia, and extra difficulty focusing and visualizing. And it mm -hmm. was because several people reached out to Matt about that. And so he developed these techniques, ran them through the people who contacted him to make sure they worked, and now is writing a book on it. That's because he is an outstanding individual who has a teacher's heart. Yeah. 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 He really wants and to this, share knowledge. And this, I love this, because this is the thing we're always 
on this podcast soapboxing about what leaders in the community need to do. Right. Yep. Is they need to get that feedback and then say not just, well, I'm not equipped to do that or my book isn't for that, but to say, mm-hmm. okay, I'll write a new book that addresses exactly, these issues. Exactly. I'll make new content that addresses this problem. And that is brilliant. And that we need more writers like exactly. that. Exactly. That's so, right. I really appreciate that. And I look yeah. forward to that book. Yeah, Me I too. do too. We'll definitely be reading it. Reviewing it. Reviewing it. Yeah. That's yeah. one thing that we had talked about too, is that we haven't really done a lot yeah, of we've reviews. Stopped, I've noticed we've stopped doing reviews. So but we're going to try to get back into that. Yes, because we still have a shit ton of books. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. We have an amazing amount of books. <laughs> and we keep getting uh-huh. more. Yeah. You know, yeah. or people ask, if yeah. would, you know, so. So, so take Yeah, I've got a couple of music reviews we're yeah. supposed to be doing. Yeah. yeah. So, so. Take this as a sign that we will be trying to get back into doing reviews again. Yeah. <laughs> yes. At least book reviews. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. All right. So coming up after this episode, mm-hmm. uh, or this part of this episode, <laughs> will be an interview with Laura Tempest-Sackroft yes. that was recorded at Higgin Fires in 2019 That's right. in Cincinnati, Ohio. In which we just somehow never got up online. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so it will be going up now. Right. That's so right. I just have one more thing to say about this whole thing, and it is ch-ch-ch-changes time. <laughs> Turn and face the strange ch-ch-changes. Anyway, so <laughs> you can find us on Google and all those usual places, Facebook, Discord. Sometimes we're there, sometimes we're not. Mm-hmm. You know, right? But you guys don't need us there half the time because you're an amazing community that is. You have created mm-hmm. this a wonderful community. The pride you help each other. I love seeing that. I see that on the Facebook group, on on the Discord. And, and I, I really appreciate how little moderating you make me do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. like none almost. Very exactly. rarely do I have to pop in into the Discord and be like, Mod hat on, stop arguing. <laughs> Same thing on the Facebook group. So yeah. we just really appreciate you guys. You know we love you. Mm-hmm. We appreciate how you support us just with your energy and with your you know, with your communication, your messages, with how you interact with each other, also through Patreon. Mm-hmm. Uh, that helps us incredibly. And uh, yeah, I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing yeah. with building a brewery and meadery yeah. and, and without exactly the Patreon support helping us. You literally keep the lights you on. You keep yeah. the lights and the internet going. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, we, we really appreciate that. Different bat time, same bat content. <laughs> uh, it's actually same bat time. True. It's a different, different bat, bat day. Channel. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. One of those bat things. <laughs> Some bats will be changing. Some bats will be remaining the same. You know, it'll be fine. <laughs> it'll be hard to tell the difference because all bats are basically indistinguishable in a group. That's right. They're little lords of darkness and uh-huh. we love them all. Yes. <laughs> all right. Goodbye. Goodbye right, and enjoy the interview with Laura Tempest. Yes. Yes, that's right. And remember, we will see you on Monday next. Yep. Hey, guys. This is Gwen, Carr, and Ode. We are at Pagan Fires. Yes, we are live at Pagan Fires, so this is another one of those live art community episodes. The sound quality is going to be up in the air from our usual because we did not bring all the stuff we needed for the mic. That was but a fail on Cars Park. That was a fail on Cars Park. But we are very excited because we have with us here the keynote speaker for this yes. event, Laura Tempest Zakroff. Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> So we've talked about uh, Laura Tempest Zakharoff yes, before. Yes, we have. She yep. wrote uh, a book about sigils that I reviewed a billion years ago. Yep. Uh, or two. Uh, two <laughs> a billion, two, you know, it's all the same. Uh, I actually have a signed copy of your book at home. That's right. Um, I remember signing it. Yeah. 
Well, that's so, pretty good. Yeah. You see a lot <laughs> that's of very impressive, honestly, yeah. <laughs> so we've talked about Laura before, and she gave a really, really excellent uh, keynote speech yesterday, yesterday. about Aradia. And, and the, then led a ritual. Yep. And uh, the ritual last night was really amazing. It was very effective. Can you tell us a little bit about what that ritual was about? So that was our presentation of Hecate at the Crossroads. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the sixth or seventh time. I've kind of lost track of how many times we've done it. Uh, it's always different mm -hmm. uh, because where it happens, when it happens, and who is there affects it. So the first time we did it was at Pantheocons. So you had like 300 folks in a ballroom. Mm -hmm. and I've done it at PSG at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, which is not an ideal time to do <laughs> kind, of a, kind of a different energy yeah, yeah, yeah. energy uh, and the thunderstorm happened right after that so oh, wow. i do not know if these things are related i could say primo yeah it's like oh let's do a ritual with hakate at three o'clock in the afternoon I'm like she's not awake yet not <laughs> she hasn't had her coffee no no no, no there's just it just work so uh essentially the core part of that is that i bring that energy in and act mm -hmm. as a conduit do trance and get people up and moving, and Nathaniel is playing violin, electric violin, mm -hmm. and usually we get some sort of guest folks when we can to come with us. So last night we had Frenchie and the Punk, mm -hmm. uh, who were doing a little bit of uh, vocalizations and percussion-y bits, I believe. In the past we've had uh, Suge, Suge Tucker, do some great things, and mm -hmm. other folks. So. It was very powerful, and I'm new to uh, devotion to Hakati, and so it was incredibly meaningful to me to, to be part of that, so it was very cool. Yeah, and Kara and I were not part of the ritual, but we were observing it from the sacred fire, and it was a wild thing just to watch, honestly. Yeah, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah. and I love the violin parts. Like, yes. yes, it was beautiful. You know, <laughs> I'm like walking, I'm going, okay, I really like your amp. Yeah, Nathaniel was killing <laughs> the it. The Fishman's the best amp for this. He's like, I happen to agree with you. So it was kind of, right. it's like kind of fun for me to be able to geek out in the music end of things for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So I kind of jumped because I was like, we got excited, really, to, got talk excited ritual, to talk about the ritual. But tell us a little bit more about you, um, your practice, and what you do. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I got a feeling like, oh, yes, we did ritual, and, and there was wine last night. Fair. <laughs> so I am an artist. Mm -hmm. I think it's primarily main identification as well as a witch, modern traditional witch. I'm an author, performer, dancer. We have four cats. I feel like that is part of our identity. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I've been doing this for over 20 years um, as a witch, as an artist, as doing things in the pagan community. Um, though I did have a break in there for a while where I took a little bit of a sabbatical from the world. Mm, fair. Fair enough, yeah, sometimes you need that. Yeah, and just reevaluate. I also blew up my life in 2011, 2012, so that was a good time to... <laughs> take a break. Take, take a break. Step well, back. Just, well, like, oh, now let's see. Let's start from scratch and see how things go. Mm -hmm. And uh, recently relocated to New England. Mm -hmm. So we've been in, we were in Seattle for the last six, seven years or so, and then we wanted to actually afford property. <laughs> right. So... Yeah, not I kind of watched through Facebook your move. That progress. Kind of virtu yeah. Virtually. And then didn't you do just like a like some big like pagan uh, night out or something like that? Which event night that, like, out, wasn't it? Yes. With like way more many people than you expected showed up? It, it was insane. So uh, the Witches Night Out Market I started in Seattle to benefit uh, Arcadia and the Kibiri, which is a 
amazing performance group. They do like theater and aerial arts and music, and they have, they've created a space in Seattle, which is amazing that you can have still have an art space. Mm-hmm. Though I think their lease is coming up, and they're we're doing all the good vibes to hopefully that it gets renewed. Mm-hmm. But they're like, what do we do with this space? I'm like, let's do a witchy market and let's see what happens. And we thought having four to six hundred people show up in Seattle was like, wow, where are these people coming from? Like that was huge for mm-hmm. Seattle, right? And when we moved to the East Coast, uh, we were involved with a group out there, and they were putting on their first witches' ball in about 30 years. Mm-hmm. And they're like, okay, well, we're just going to do what we did. I'm like, no, we, uh, it's a different community. Uh-huh. You can't expect just those same people who might not even be alive, alive yeah. <laughs> uh, around. So I said, let's, you know, let's see if there's a time between June and October that we can do one of these markets. Friday the 13th, it's a full moon. It was perfect. It's a right. great idea. Like, this is the best terrible idea ever. And, <laughs> and I found a, you know, a venue. I'm like, oh, we can just do a same size venue as what we did in Seattle. It'll be fine. We'll get 200 people. It's it's New England. Mm-hmm. There's there's psychic fairs happening. There's right. pagan stuff. There's all like, the, you know, there's so much going on. Like, it's it'll be a nice little event. We'll just get local folks. Yeah. And then I, I put the event up and I just watch <laughs> the numbers in pure organic. Like, I think I just shared it with a couple folks and invited some people, and then it just went off on their own, because we went to, we were in the UK, we were traveling, we are doing all this stuff, and then just getting updates from the folks back, and they're like, haha, look, it's at 1,700 people, haha, oh, <laughs> 3,000 people, oh, look, we're at 6,000, like, could you stop? Where are going to Like, somebody's trolling me on this, because there's just, where are these people coming from? And at the end, we were at over 18,000 people interested. Oh, my word. And we got about 2,000 people, and Ugh. that doesn't include all the people who saw the line that went uh-huh, around the block. And just said, right. Never mind. Right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah, yeah. And what we did, because the initial venue was a nice little two, maybe mm-hmm. 200 people, mm-hmm. like, what are we going to do if 5% of these people show up? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because yeah, people are like, oh, you can't trust Facebook. Like, right. I know you can't trust Facebook. I've been producing events for years. You can't trust those numbers right. to say, you know, oh, these many people are interested. Yeah, take it. Five ten. Yeah. We were hitting twenty percent in Seattle, so like, whoa, we hit twenty percent. <laughs> That's this a good a lot. Thing. So we had to find another venue because what are we? We're gonna people are gonna have uh-huh. a horrible experience. Yeah, exactly. You know? I didn't want people waiting in lines. I didn't want to be like, I'm sorry, we can only fit two hundred fifty people in here. You're gonna have to wait. First come, first served. Yeah. 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 You know, and when a person leaves, the next uh-huh. one can go in. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, that that would not have been a positive thing. Right. So it's not a nightclub. <laughs> no, no. God, that would have been nice to have alcohol. <laughs> but uh, we luckily, two miles away, found a 10,000 square foot venue that happened to be available two weeks out, you know, or so before wow. the event. Had to get that all, you know, sorted out. And yeah, so that happened. Still had one long, narrow entrance, so I couldn't have multiple lines. And we were like, why can't we order our tickets online? Like, how are we going to do a ticket line? Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. And a door admission. Yeah. And yeah, so that was a bit of a mess. So we need a bigger venue now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you know. Yeah. Lessons learned. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you've got, you, you've got a built-in crowd already. Yeah, so. exactly. Well, you have your art. You have your Yeah, books. you reach a lot of uh, markets. You reach a lot of markets. <laughs> so I would say most people who attended the event had no idea who I was. Really? That's um, wow. I, th- I think that happens in most, is that people see there's the graphic, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the art, yes, the right. art is part sure. of it. It's the witch's night out market. Yeah. So right. it yeah. instantly sounds fun. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's, oh, we can shop. There's some psychic readers. There's some lectures. 
And normally we do it as a free event mm -hmm. that uh, people donate. Mm -hmm. And that's how we, we have a, out in Seattle, the nonprofit was Arcadia and the Kabiri. And East Coast it's Society of the Evening Star, which is an educational-based group. That's what helps put on the Witches Ball. It's connected to the Witches Almanac, all right. these different things. Mm -hmm. So right, we still have a nonprofit. Raffle tickets would be great. Mm -hmm. But we had also with that jump in venue, we had an increase of uh, I don't know what the percentage, seventy-five times the cost yeah. wow. of the venue. Wow. And so like, well, guys, I'm sorry, we're just gonna have to do. Right. At least five bucks at the door, like yeah. sliding scale, yeah. five to twenty, and we managed to do like include raffle tickets with that, and the witches all night donated um, magical creatures books. So if you nice. had ten dollars, you got the book, oh, and nice. yeah, so we managed to clear that. But that was a scary thing. Like we're gonna move to this big venue. Are they really gonna show mm -hmm. up? Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they showed up. They showed up <laughs> in droves. That's wonderful. Now, you've written a lot of books, quite really, few. quite a few books. You've got The Sigil Witchery, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which you have. Yep. Weave the Liminal. Yep. Weave the Liminal, which, which is, I love. I have that. It's the newest one, right? That is the... Yeah. Currently yes. out. Currently. Yeah. Yes. And Where are we? The, the, the most recently released. You've yes. written some with Jason Mankey. Yes, The Witch's Altar. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yep. We like Mankey. Yeah. Mankey's, Mankey's fun. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> He's like my third brother. I don't know where it is in the line. I have two actual brothers, but then I have a collection of spirit <laughs> brothers. <laughs> Pagan bro. Pagan bro. My bro witch. He's my bro, bro, bro witch. Bro witch. Bro yeah. witch. And he's not going to make any more of those shirts. He's, he's discontinued it. I was kind of bummed. Because uh, I didn't get one. <laughs> I am sure there's ways to... <laughs> I will see about that for you. So, do you have do you have anything new planned? Yes. So there is the Liminal Spirits Oracle. Cool. And that will be out from Llewellyn sometime in spring. It says officially May 2020. We already you know, the art's been done, the text has been done, so it's just the final little editing. Right. Yeah. So maybe it'll be ready sooner. I, it's hard to go because books like so I've done four books with Llewellyn, which is called was the first one. We the Liminal was the last one. And it takes a year, mm -hmm. a year and a half for the process. Like you've already, you turn in the first draft, sure. and then you get and it, it comes back, back all the way marked out. Yeah. 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 You get the and you feel like a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. I did. Why did I think I could write? It's nice to get like it starts at like thirteen pages of notes, and then you're like get by the fourth book, like I only have five or six pages of notes. <laughs> Yay! I've learned. It's great. <laughs> Because having an editor makes you a better writer. That's yeah. right. That's yeah. right. I definitely am. I've, my parents are both journalist majors, so mm. grew up in this very academic, mm -hmm. how to write. Yeah, there's a very specific style for yeah. journalism. Yeah. yeah. And is. being able to do, like, literary magazines and pagan magazines back in the day. But it's like, damn, no, writing a book and really updating your language and understanding mm -hmm. how do you break things down so that mm -hmm. people understand it and yeah. has a personality to it. Yeah. Uh, so, but back to um, those things are like, yeah, a year and a year and a half out, but a tarot deck or an oracle deck, there's the art process that's involved yeah. and the color checking. And I'm very excited to hear about the, the deck. That sounds very cool. Can you, can you share with us a little bit about what Weave the Liminal is, or Weaving the Liminal is about for people who maybe haven't read the book yet? It's about having a complicated title that's sometimes hard to say. <laughs> <laughs> so We the Liminal is about crafting a authentic practice of witchcraft for yourself and using the basis of the modern tradition of witchcraft or modern traditional witchcraft as I see it. And that means you can use whatever your background is. Uh, 
understanding where you live and how where you reside affects your practice. So being here in Ohio is different than being in South Carolina or being in Arizona, you know, or being in Ireland. Like each of those places has a different feel. So your practice should change. Being aware of your timetable and your schedule um, and the seasons, rather than saying, "Well, I," you know, being like a was a Samhain Beltane type of pagan, your Easter Christmas, uh-huh. right, uh, yeah, yeah uh, Christian kind of thing, and uh, trying to consider like what is your ethical and moral system. So it, it it guides all of those things together to to help people. I mean, I, I say at the end of it that you you pretty much could you have a thesis, you know, you can start off writing about all of this. It's not a book to say this is how you do it. You know, do this spell, do this right, do this, you know. Mm-hmm. This is the only way to see witchcraft. This is here are the possibilities you should start thinking about. So it's, it's like entering a labyrinth. It is getting your own loom and starting to string it up and make weave. it pad. To weave. It's a weaving <laughs> thing. We like weaving. We like threads. It's all there. <laughs> and so how does the deck, the, did you say it was tarot or oracle? oracle? It's the an oracle. oracle. How does the oracle deck fit into the book and what's it, taught there? It is loose. It's sort of a tangentially sort of touching upon mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. so liminal spirits uh it's about looking at the different kinds of spirits that there are in the world because i think that paganism witchcraft p words are all sort of having a more open understanding of the genus loki of ancestors of all these different things because you think about the pagan books of the 90s the 80s and 90s it was like pick your god pick mm-hmm. your goddess mm-hmm. this sort of vague ancestor thing oh yes the spirits well, what does that mean uh so if you're going to get more in touch with the land and the place where you live and what spirits live in your house then you're tapping into that but it's also the spirits of the trees and that different kinds of trees and plants and animals each have their own set of awareness so the deck is set up into eight groups there is the rights group, which is what I talk about. We limit all the roots, the inspiration, time, environment, and star as the kind of foundation. And then you have place, so spirits of place, trees, plants, uh, fur fauna, which is all the things that are <laughs> fuzzy, uh, the slither and slink and swim kind of group, things that fly. And then there are also artifacts. So the things that we use to create, um, like bone and crystal and clay and fiber, and then there is also, I think I said the herbs. There are two off outside of the group, because I like 42. It's like you know, five times eight, it's 40. Mm-hmm. I bring it up somehow. Two, right, yeah. <laughs> uh, so we have the gateway card, which is your entry into it, and then mushrooms, because mushrooms are on their own little yeah. happy plane. Yeah. Fun guy. Fun guy. Fun yeah. guys off on their own. <laughs> And that was actually the first painting that started everything. So last summer, I did these little, just on a whim. Um, a mushroom spirit, a sheep spirit, a deer spirit, uh, foxglove, and uh, corvid. Mm-hmm. And they were just really fun paintings to do. Like, oh, you know, these are cool. It didn't take me a lot of time. I just enjoyed connecting with the spirits. And all of those paintings, nearly all of them sold right away. I thought, that's a great idea for a deck. Because you know, mm-hmm. you, if you're going to make a deck, you want to be excited mm-hmm. yeah. about what you're doing. And so yeah. I, like, oh, you should do a tour. I'm like, well, I knew I was going to be moving in this year. And I, I'm not going to have the time to yeah, dedicate to 78 cards to be like, yes, it's a piece of vision. Uh, and they still thought when I knew, went to do this project that I'll do, I'll do a couple paintings a week. You know, I'll just spread it out over mm-hmm. the next few months. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, I couldn't do yeah. it. So essentially I sat down for two weeks and did not leave my studio and made all 42 paintings. Wow. wow. So 
I kind of stumbled out into the light after like, what is the outside world? What has happened? Because when you're working with spirits that deeply and you, you know, you just can't be like, oh, I'm just going to wander in. Yeah. Yeah. Touch to talk to this herb for a bit and then go. It's like, no, the rest of them all want to have a conversation mm -hmm. with you too. Mm -hmm. So that was a pretty intense thing. But there will be for people like, why are you going to do a tarot? Eventually we'll get there. That's very cool. And then do you have another book on the horizon? Yes. So yeah. I am writing another book. Technically, the Oracle deck was done back in April. Okay. You know, done, done. Uh, still have to do editing and light stuff. Right. Uh, but I'm working on a follow-up to Weed the Liminal or something. Again, it's not book two. I don't really believe in. I hate that with books. They're like, oh, I have to get the first one in order to get the right. second one. You know, it's fine. So it's a standalone it. that's tangentially Yeah, they're like, if you love Weed the Liminal, yeah. you really love the next book. <laughs> which is essentially looking at embodied witchcraft. So now that you have a, a bit of a structure to work with, getting down into the down and dirty. And so I didn't really want to include that we belong with this. So many people were like, I just want the spells. I just want mm -hmm. to be told yeah. how to do things. Like, no, that's not how I work. Right. Yeah. You're going to have to figure this out. You need to think. Because to me, witchcraft is a magic. Start to thinking. Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've actually talked about that on the podcast, that a lot of beginners... Um, seem to want to kind of skip over the study part. Yeah, go straight yeah. to the, spells. Go straight yeah. to spells and they miss out or... or the fundamentals. Yeah, they miss the fundamentals or they don't understand that it, it's not just a thing you just do. It's a thing you work at and practice and learn and study. And, and you just experience. did a blog about that on Pythia. I did, yeah. I did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. so it's really good that uh, that you have this in your in mind when you're writing your books to try to, you know, come on people, yeah. <laughs> there's a process. I wish it, it, I, I also prefaces the book that I wish I had 20 years ago mm -hmm. you know, or more, you know, I had Doreen Valiente's Witchcraft for Tomorrow. Like that was the most inspiring book that I read in that time frame. Like, ah, oh, this is a way to do it. But that's out of date. It was written in 1978. Yeah. 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 So what do we do for today? Because we, we the process keeps updating and we're yeah. changing as a people and as a culture. And so mm -hmm. like there are things that, I mean, as much as I love Doreen, you're like, mm, you're a very nice white British white lady. <laughs> yeah. In the day. Take this with some salt. Mm -hmm. yeah. you know? right. So to, to tell that to young folks today and be like, uh, okay, well. Just cut out this line yeah. and that yeah. paragraph. And, and I yeah. think that's uh, something that we're starting to come to realize is that witchcraft and paganism and all of the, these spiritual paths, they have to adapt and move as, as people adapt and move. And that can be hard for people. Yes. <laughs> yeah. The only religions that don't change are the dead ones. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. <laughs> well, some of them are being are quite zombie-like. Mm. Yeah. That's true. Yep. That's true. Well, I think it's almost time for lunch. So yeah, I think we're it probably is. all ready to, to go and eat something. But thank you so much for spending time with us. Thank and you. I, I really enjoyed your keynote yesterday. Yeah, and thank I, you for everything you're doing here at the festival. Everything thank you're you. doing here at the festival. Yeah, you're by far the busiest person here. You really yeah. are, as the keynote speaker. <laughs> and the ritual leader. And, the, and, and ritual leader. You have yeah. a class later. And, and, yeah. and I'm helping Jackie out with her ritual, too. So that's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> So we got lucky because we only had to do one class. Yeah. You know, yeah. So easy, normally, easy. normally we're like, oh. Doing crazy. But so no, so we appreciate fun. you taking the time to sit with us. And, and uh, yeah. thanks. Yay. Awesome. Okay. Bye. We're done. Bye. Bye.